Blog Talk Radio. Nasty, my friends. Christ is risen, and thank God for that. On that, we can depend, and he will come back for us and make everything right. We just kind of depend on that. So good morning. I'm your host and friend, Reverend Shar McCain, and I'd like to welcome listeners to Sacred Sunday. Sacred Sunday was created just to focus on the tenet that Sunday is a special day to set aside some time for spiritual focus, meditation, and prayer. All faiths are welcome. 
I am a Christian in recovery, and all Bible readings will be out of the Ryrie Study Bible, and you may use any Bible you wish, of course. And I've had many spiritual experiences, and gratitude we have ongoing Bible readings and discussion of our spiritual experiences. I just focus on being my real self and carrying the message given to me. Now let's do our opening prayer. For our opening prayer, let's say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you. And we pray for all the Christians and everyone being persecuted worldwide. Their freedom to worship and lives are in great jeopardy. We pray for those who are suffering from violence here and at home. We pray for those who are sick in mind and body. And we pray for those who are lonely and uncomforted, and we ask God to forgive us our sins. We actually pray for those who are suffering from domestic violence in their own homes, and we also pray to be free from addiction of all kinds. We also pray for the people and children that are sold in the sexual servitude, and we also pray that Michael, to God, sent his Archangel Michael to fight against evil and protect lives that are taken for distorted and evil reasons. And they have, we believe they have become martyrs and all the angels to watch over everybody. Our prayers also go out to all the ones who suffer in the world, including the animals who can't speak for themselves. We also pray for the wisdom of our president and the rest of the policymakers. And they have many decisions to make, and we're praying for all countries and for problems of suffering all over the world. We thank God for all your help in this life. And we ask in Jesus to bless us and help us along our way that we not stumble and fall off the path. We ask Jesus to help us grow under his care. And we actually keep everybody in their families in our prayers. We ask in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And if I read out the Ryrie Study Bible this morning, but you can also go to www.biblegateway.com or www.biblia.com have an online version of the Bible. So you never have to be far away from the Bible. Okay, excuse me. Okay, so, and also the opening song was uh, Save Vocal Group by the CD Native Angels by Save. And if you want to order, copy contact Save.org, S-A-V-A-E.org. They're on Facebook and they also do live shows and they're just a a beautiful... uh, uh, musicians that I loved. Anyway, I'd like to wish everybody a happy birthday this morning. I wish you a, a very pra- prosperous year ahead, and uh, God bless everybody. And also, uh, about the things that are going on in the world right now, I have made a, a discovery that was quite startling to me, and uh, that there was an intentional uh, lower power action for chaos, and that we have to pray against uh, chaos and things like that. And, uh, you know, it's just, um, it's not good. It's really harming our world. And to put it uh, uh, very strongly, 
is that uh, we need prayer over time right now. We're all speaking, um, you know, a lot of us speak English. We speak other languages too. But what I'm saying is we don't understand each other anymore, and there's so many uh, arguments. And uh, I I just don't get it. So uh, anyway, that's what's going on, and I'd like you to pray for that, that there's a spirit of chaos going on. And people do not understand each other. So uh, anyway, let's get on with uh, this um, Bible study. And we're actually in First Peter chapter 4. So get out your Bibles. And the title is A Little Suffering. Never hurt anybody. Anyway, um, A Little Suffering Never Hurt Anyone. Here's what Peter thinks. Jesus suffered and died. And that means that you've got to be ready to suffer a little too. You've already lived your life as a godless pagan. He tells them, but now it's time to start living for Christ alone. Warning, it'll totally mess up your crazy weekend plans. And those Gentiles out there that don't have a moral sexual restraint, there are huge drunks who worship in a bunch of silly idols, and they think you're becoming a bit of a buzzkill since your conversation. But you've already given your life to God, and you know what's right, and that's not drinking orgies. Our time is short, he says. The world is coming to an end, and that means you've got to keep the straight and narrow path. Be serious and disciplined. Pray. Love each other. Don't complain. Help everybody. He continues, we all have different gifts. We should use them to make the world a better place. Well, at least until Jesus comes back and ends life as we know it. Anyway, more warnings. Don't be surprised if things start getting a little hot around here. Not everybody likes Christians, and occasionally someone will get arrested or hauled into court or maybe even put to death, and it's all part of God's plan. If you've got to suffer, be happy about it. And remember that how Jesus suffered? Well, you're getting your share a little bit of that, says Peter. If some Roman official hates you because you love Jesus, that's great news. But if you get hauled into court because you've murdered somebody or stole something or even just stirred up trouble in town, well... That's bad news. Those who suffer as Christians will be blessed by God, says uh, Peter. In any case, it's better just to keep the faith and get your reward at the end of the game. After all, if this is what believers are going through, just think what God has in store with somebody who rejects him. And I know that's a, a tongue-in-cheek uh, in the, the funny version is by students at uh, Harvard. So anyway, let's, uh, let's go to our Bibles. And read straight from the Holy Book. 1 Peter chapter 4. Therefore, since Christ has suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same purpose, because he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. So as to live in the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. For the time already past is sufficient for you to have carried out the desire of the Gentiles, having pursued a course of sensuality, lust, drunkenness, carousing, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. In all of this, they are surprised that you do not run with them to the same excesses of dissipation, and they malign you. But they will, give, they will give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For the gospel has for this purpose been preached even to those who are dead, that though they are judged in the flesh as men, they may live in the spirit according to the will of God. This next chapter is reactions of suffering. The end of all things is near, therefore, 
Be of sound judgment and so is spirit in the purpose of prayer. Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another, and because the love covers a multitude of sins, be hospitable to one another without complaint. As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks and is to do so as one who is speaking to the utterances of God, whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies. So in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you through your testing, and as though some strange thing were happening to you. But to, we were talking about that earlier. Okay, so we're now 13. But to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing so that also the revelation of his glory may you rejoice with exaltation. If you are reviled for your name, the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Make sure that none of you suffers as a murderer or thief or evildoer or a troublesome meddler. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, that he is not to be ashamed, but is to glorify God in his name. For it is time for judgment to begin with the household of God. And it begins with us first. What will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And this is as if it is with difficulty that the righteous are saved. What will become of the godless man and the sinner? Therefore, those who suffer according to the will of God will entrust our souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. So it's admonishing us as... as it always does to do what's right. And it's really important that um, we grow up and realize what's going on in this world. And I know many people are feeling the same way that I do. That it's, it's a confusing time. It's a time of chaos. Uh, people are speaking the same language yet don't understand each other and we're arguing all the time. You know, we just have to get a grip and pray for each other. And then I'm going to just go back and read the notes. It says in one, the thought of this, Christ suffered in the flesh. He is your example. So arm yourselves by taking the same view of suffering as Christ took, which is to accept it as the will of God. Therefore, the dominion of sin is broken in practical experience. And then on 4 or 5 it says, the living and the dead, and that means all generations. 4 6 it says, those who are dead, for deceased Christians, the gospel was preached to those martyrs now dead. They were judged in the flesh and condemned to martyrdom according to human standards. They are alive in the spirit after death. Another interpretation relates this preaching to that of 319. And that's very interesting that um, the gospel is preached to the martyrs. So even those that were were martyred and didn't understand, uh, they were still preached and administered to after death. And then 4.8, love forgives over and over. And we have to lead with love, and that's what that means to me. 410, a special gift, a spiritual gift. And uh, this only occurrence of the word in the, the New Testament outside the writings of Paul. And then 411, utterances of God, one who speaks should speak God's words. And then 415, even Christians can't commit the sins listed in the verse. And then 416 is saying, for the beginning of Christians, see the meaning of Christian, see Acts 1126. 417, 
The idea is this, is if Christians must be judged by purging, what fate must unbelievers who will be punished for their sins? Not going to be good. And then 418 is because of the suffering and the discipline, the righteous work out their salvation with difficulty. And then um, it goes to the last, and then we go on to uh, chapter 5, which hopefully I will do next week. Um, I have been ill and felt very well. And uh, what happened is that uh, I, I wasn't doing the Bible reading as I should, and I will try to stick with it as uh, we're making our way through the New Testament. And we're all the way up to, to Peter. And I think I have a little more time. And I love you all, and God bless you, and be safe in all matters. And we'll stick to that narrow road and help each other. Okay, let's do uh, I Married an Angel by Kathleen Falsich of Arcadia, California. This is from our guidepost, and it's about our favorite stories. Anyway, let's start the story. I knew there was something unusual about Vern Falsich from the moment we met. A peacefulness flowed from the tall blonde man with hazel eyes. After we were married in 67, I discovered how unique he really was. He lived in Pasadena, California, where he was on the police force. He, He was widowed with three daughters and I, with a little girl, was recovering from a troubled marriage. We adopted each other's children, and we were very happy. Vern was deeply religious, and at first I had difficulty accepting some of his beliefs. But the more I came to know him, the more I saw how dedicated his faith he was. He kept the Bible in every room, and he trusted God so much that he believed God guided him through the guardian angel to people who needed help. Much of his time was spent counseling errant youngsters and incorrigibles, his manner has such a calming effect that people opened right up to him. Friends and strangers alike would unburden themselves. Sometimes they didn't have to. Vern already knew. One night, Vern was worrying about a fellow officer. Bill Johnson was planning to kill himself, Vern explained. Knowing that he couldn't approach Bill directly, Vern said, we've got to concentrate and start praying for him to call me. And that is what he did. Several evenings later, the phone rang, and Vern picked it up and I knew who it was. My husband was right. Went right over to Bill's house and stayed that evening. Vern talked him out of suicide. Time and again, God used Vern to help others. A young couple with four children came to our house and on the verge of divorce. We all sat around our dining room table over cookies and coffee, and husband and wife hurled angry accusations at each other, and it seemed hopeless until Vern settled them down. Look, he said quietly, there are three sides to every story, his side, her side, and the truth. Now let's get to the truth. He asked us each to visualize the other being struck dead by a truck. How would you feel now, he said, that this person you loved with whom you had children and whom you had tempted to build a life is suddenly gone? There was a silence for a moment. Then the two fell into each other's arms. To this day, they're still married. After I asked Vern, how do you think of those things? He said, God just puts these thoughts into my mind, he said. After a year after we were married, we moved to Las Vegas where Vern worked in law enforcement. One morning in 1972, he came to the breakfast table puzzled. He said during the night, his guardian angel had impressed upon him that he should look for a boy with a rose. Should I look for a boy carrying flowers, he wondered. Well, I said, I guess you'll have to do what you've always done, wait and you'll be shown. A few days later at supper, 
Burns told me of an experience that he had had in the afternoon. He felt compelled to have lunch at a restaurant in a disreputable part of town. I wasn't too happy about eating there, he said, but I went in and sat down at the counter. A surly-looking kid about 16 years old was sitting next to me. All he had was a donut and a glass of water. I couldn't help commenting. For a growing man, that's not much lunch. Oh, he cussed me out something awful. But then as he reached for the glass of water, I saw a tattoo of a rose on his arm. The boy with the rose, I remember. Vern nodded. I began to ask him about himself. He glared at me and swore. What's your problem, mister, he said. Are you some kind of nut? Vern smiled in recollection. Oh, yeah, I answered. I've been called lots of time, that lots of times. But you know what? I was sent here to help you. With that, the kid said, with what? I said, you've got a problem. What is it? Yeah, the kid spat. I'm going to kill myself, and what do you know how? No, but I want to know why. The young man calmed down. Vern continued and began to tell his story. He was angry at his parents, and they wanted him to buckle down on his studies, stay in school, go to church, cut his hair, and take out his gold earrings. Because he wouldn't do it, they had taken his car away. All the boy could say now how much he hated his folks and how he wanted out. He shook his head. I tried to explain that his parents were simply doing their best to help him and guide him because they loved him so much. Do you think you reached him, I asked? My husband stared at his coffee cup for a moment and then nodded. I believe I did, he said. Vern never saw the boy again. In 1988, at the age of 63, Vern was diagnosed with terminal pancreatic cancer. I spent all my time with him at the hospital. He eventually slipped into a coma, but on December 23rd, he suddenly awakened full of life and rational. He took my hand and smiled. Out of all the days that God has blessed me with on earth, the day I met you was the best. He squeezed my hand. When it's your time to travel home, he said, just walk toward the light and I'll be waiting. He died soon afterwards. Hundreds of people came to Vern's funeral, and I was standing in the vestibule of the chapel when a handsome young man with his wife and two children approached. Please excuse us, he said. I don't mean to intrude at a private time like this, but I just came to pay my respects to your husband. He has extended his hand to me, and his cuff slipped back, and there was his arm was a rose tattoo. I hadn't thought of it in years, but immediately I remembered the boy in the diner. He had never forgotten my husband, as hundreds of others had never forgotten him. Vern knew how to, to, to per, how permanent one good act can be, and how goodness goes on working. Goodness lives on, and doesn't that make him kind of an angel? After all, that's why I married him. Uh, what a blessed story. And this lead angels to each other, and may God help us. Be a good example like Vern to others around us and put love and help people and, you know, make God bless us all. So let's do our traditional closing. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. And in closing, may God bless and keep you in his loving arms so that you may have the strength to face whatever's ahead. We are never alone. I love you and God loves you so much. May your best prayers come true and true love live in your heart. God bless you. Happy trails, my friend. Love you very much. Amen. <laughs>